Hello and welcome to this edition of Deeper and it's great to welcome back Rob Milton uh, who's going to have a conversation with me. Hello Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, yeah, nice and relaxed. Are you? Good. So you're coping with lockdown three, are you? Yeah, we, we are. The car's not getting much petrol put into it these days and uh, it's strange that we're slowly getting our house sorted because nobody can come and visit it. We've got nothing else to do, so we're painting and decorating and hanging up stuff. Well, at least you've got things to do. That's great. I, uh, I put this wall up. I, I put wallpaper on this wall last week. Wow. From here? Better than that for, for, for decades. <laughs> well, it looks a good job from here. Well done, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to look at uh, the passage that I preached on Sunday, which is part of our new sermon series. We've called it Wilderness Wandering, uh, which is looking at uh, all the stories of the people of Israel from the moment they left Egypt all the way through to the time when they actually enter into the promised land 40 years later. Uh, And so it'd be great if you read the passage for uh, today, which is from um, Exodus chapter 15, verses 19 to 27. It'd actually be great if you read the whole chapter, but, you know, just read 19 to 27 if you stuck for time. Uh, the whole chapter gives you a greater sense of what the what uh, the way in which they were praising God for what he had done. So, uh, but at the very least, read Exodus 15, 19 to 27. When you've finished, um, press pause, then read it, and then when you've finished, restart the video. <laughs> you know what to do by yeah, now. That felt like a long time to say very shortly. So uh, you know what to do. Do it now. Great. So, uh, Rob, um, it's uh, these are interesting stories, aren't they? In the uh, when they're in the desert, um, do you have you read many of them? I mean, I guess you've read through. You must read the whole of the Bible every year, mustn't you? Well, let's say that I've read the whole of the Bible and I've read the, all these stories quite a few times. Not that we've got enough time in our series to, to go through all of them, but we'll get through eight, I think we'll get. Eight, eight we're getting through, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they are fascinating stories. So uh, what we'll do is we're going to look at um, this passage in three parts uh, um, in the first section. So we'll look at uh, verses 19 to 21, uh, which is just the initial part of the story. Um Rob, anything that uh, strikes you in that those verses there, 19 to 21? Anything you want to draw out? Well, really, the, the people ask me what I want to do when I get to heaven. Uh, and one of the things I want to do is go and speak to Moses or, or any other of the million people. It's always been something that fascinated, this little story of what actually happened. It were, when they walked across the Red Sea, were fish popping out the side of this big wall of water? You know, what, what, was it kind of rubbery? Could they put the hand into the water? And yeah. and there's all um, what you might say liberal thinking who says it, it never actually happened. It was a sea of reeds and it was a, a sandbank and this kind of stuff. Then you've got to ask the question, well, how did, according to verse 19 and 20, how did, how did all the Egyptian soldiers die in the water? If it was a sandbank or a sea of reeds. Sea of Reeds is another name for the Red Sea, as you probably be aware. Yeah. So to me, it, it is a miracle, and it's a gobsmacking miracle, and I cannot wait to, to get some first-hand information about what happened. That's right. I'm sure I've seen kind of children, you know, uh, cartoon illustrations for children that have, like, you know, walls of water and fish jumping out, you know, as a, <laughs> a steamer kind of thing. 
But it is, it is significant, isn't it? That the whole of the, the nation of Israel, they cross unharmed. And as far as we can tell, all of the Egyptian, Egyptian army perish. You know, it's yeah. quite a strong contrast, isn't it? It's not like some of them you know, It's a huge contrast. It's hard to explain it away as just um, uh, a, a drought or a, a tidal. I mean, it, if it was some freak tidal situation which caused an enormous wind to separate the sea for them to get through, I just think, okay, that's how God did it then. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but, you know, it, it was still... Yeah, it was still a miracle, wasn't it? Because at just the right time, whatever happened, reversed itself and the Egyptian army perish. So, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, the thing that struck me in, the, in these verses as well is the role of Miriam. So uh, Moses has his great big song at the, the beginning of uh, chapter 15. And, and yeah. they definitely see this as a miracle, don't they? This is not something that just happens. Uh, it's definitely, definitely a miracle. But um, Miriam is... Um, uh, she's here described as a prophetess. Yeah, she is. And I think it's the only time she's described in that way. Uh, and there are very few women who are described as prophetesses in the Old Testament. Um, but Miriam clearly had a position of authority. It, you know, in, in a male-dominated society, uh, or at least that's how we perceive it, um, her, her with Aaron, they were second in command to Moses. You know, it's yeah. quite often you see Aaron and Miriam placed together and they make decisions together. And so there's a, an interesting role with Miriam here. And she's the one leading uh, the women in worship at this point. Um, and, you know, the song, uh, the, the thing that struck me about if you read uh, the rest of Exodus 15, um, and, and I would encourage you to do that, uh, it isn't just a declaration of what God has done. It's a declaration of what God will do. And, um, you know, it's there's an element of the, the prophetic around it, the, the whole thing. And that's not just from Miriam, that's from Moses. So, um, and I think that's important because they start this journey off, as I said on Sunday, full of praise for God, full of faith. <laughs> They're going for it, right? You know, off to the promised land, we're heading off. Uh, yeah, and as we see in the story, it doesn't last long. Let's move on uh, to the, like, sorry, the, the, the journey. They say that the journey from Egypt to the promised land, if they'd just gone direct and not had the, the, the 40 years of wilderness wanderings, was only about, uh, uh, well, can't say exactly, but about a month's journey you know, the, uh, for them to, to, to go on. Uh, it was, well, we know it's their, their own fault that it took an awful lot longer than that. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So uh, let's look at verses 22 to 24. Um, so they, they leave the Red Sea and it says they head into the desert of Shore and then uh, three days find, without water, they find some. Uh, over to you again, Rob. What, what do you see here? 22 to 24. Uh, you touched on, on, on Sunday and... We do have to put a little bit of context for the Israelite nation, not given such a hard deal. There's over a million of them in a desert. And as a human eye can tell, there's no water. And a little a little trickle of water won't go very far between over a million people, plus their animals as well. 
and there's a lot of animals, you know. So from a purely human viewpoint, I can understand the grumbling. And from a purely human viewpoint, I can understand that yesterday's miracle doesn't suffice today's needs. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an interesting point to try and grapple with. What's the point of having a miracle yesterday if we're going to, you're going to let us die today? Uh, and to understand this faith journey that they went on, I mean, we'll cover it. We'll cover it most weeks. It's a ridiculous highs and lows yeah. that the Israelite yeah. nation go on in the faith journey with God. And this is just the very first one. Walk through the Red Sea. A couple of days later, we're all going to die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and it's not even just the walk through the Red Sea. There's all the plagues as well, wasn't there? You know, they, they've had all of that, and then. You know, the Passover and then the Red Sea, and then here they are three days in, and they believe for whatever reason it's all going wrong. And you know, it is a it's a reminder, isn't it, of the, the fickleness uh, of all of us. You know, it's not just and you'd have to ask yourself the question, would we be any different? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you'd like to think so, but I'm not so sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I thought back hard enough, I would find plenty of occasions uh, when I've grumbled against God because things weren't going the way I expected. Yeah. And in some ways, that's what's going on here. It's about expectation, isn't it? You know, because at the end of the story, they, 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 you know, not so far away is a huge, sorry, that's something on here. Um, I'll just stop that. It's a huge oasis, you're going to say. The huge oasis, just not very far away. You know, yeah. so they're grumbling unnecessarily. If they trusted God, they'd have got there without any issue. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's. The, if I look back, I can pretty much, I, I'm sure I can remember times when I've grumbled against God. It's not gone my way. Um, and probably just weeks or so before, God's done incredible things for me. It's We yeah. just turn so quickly, don't we? But it would have been a difficult journey, as you said, a million people. Um, not going very fast. It would have yeah. you know, it'd been a slow journey. They've got flocks, they've got elderly, they've got kids. Um, it wouldn't have been an easy thing to do. Uh, and and the, as you said, even in this part of the journey, they're, they're going the long way around. They're going down like the Sinai Peninsula and up when they could have just gone across. They didn't do that. <laughs> they went down and they go up. Uh, and that's probably because it's, a, it's an easier path. Yeah. Um, than go, trying to go straight across the desert, uh, but yeah, it's um, it is an interesting thought to think about how they were doing that. But of course, they find this water, and it's bitter. Um, and I mean, I, I came across this thing which I, I talked about on Sunday, where uh, the word mara or mara uh, doesn't just mean bitter; it can also, or I think, has the same root as rebellious. Rebellious. Yeah, yeah, which I, I thought was also really the word Mary as well. It's the oh, word Mary. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, and then twenty-five to twenty-seven, we see the answer to this. See what God does. So first of all, Moses goes to God and um, asks what he should do. Yeah. What, what What do you see in these verses? What, what uh, Moses? Uh, seems to be a man who is developing his faith. And, and that sounds strange at this point in time in Moses' life. 
But there's other occasions when God told to do things and he says, get lost, God, me, don't be ridiculous. But this time God tells him something else to do, which is just as ridiculous. You know, get this tree or this piece of wood, potentially it's bigger than a piece of wood, it's a, you know, a, a log or a, a tree, yeah. and chuck it into this dirty water. There's no logic to that whatsoever. It's a bit like Naaman doing seven times in, in the river, isn't it? There's no slightest bit of logic to chucking in a dirty tree into a dirty piece of water will make it pure. Uh, but it would appear to me this time he doesn't quench, uh, question it. Yeah. Yes. As yeah. if he's learned yeah. God's ways and not my ways. Let's just get on and accept that he knows what he's doing. And it is a strange thing. I know that there's um, quite a few writers who talk about how it might have been a bush that was fragrant and when it was in the water, it kind of helped sweeten the water. And, up. and I don't know how big this pool of water was, but you'd need a great big bush to make something sweet, wouldn't you? you know? <laughs> well, considering it gave enough, enough uh, liquid for a million people. It's a lot. It's a lot, isn't it? So, to, again, to me, this is a miracle. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I came across, there's, there's quite a lot of ancient writers, particularly from medieval times, who, who like to see here a reference to the cross because they often talk about the cross as the tree and it's a tree that's thrown in and, you know, the, when, when the, the cross is brought to bear on anything that's bitter, it makes it so much better. But I think that's pushing things a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you might want to do that, but I think that's pushing the story a little bit. Yeah, reading into it. It is, yeah. I think the thing that, that struck me as well is uh, in verse uh, 26, God basically says the same thing twice as if to emphasize it. He basically says twice, listen to me and do what I say. So... If you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right. And then secondly, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all the decrees, saying the same thing twice, and that is just an emphasis. This is important. So you'll listen. Um, and I, I like the way it throws in carefully. Listen carefully. Um, yeah. That, that struck me quite a lot. Anything else you want to draw out of that before we start to think about application? Just um, um, very minor, minor thing, but uh, the people question the the literacy of the of, of these stories. You know, how are they just fables? Is this a, a background fable to to the uh, a test or the you know the journey of of Israel? And Elam is a very specific place with yeah. a very specific number of springs and a very specific number of palm trees you know it's a very strange precise description of a of a place if it wasn't literal yeah yeah i mean it is uh, and and again yeah there's there's a lot of symbolism in that isn't it that when you listen to god that's where you find refreshment and fruitfulness and all those kind of things um yeah and again, that might just be pushing the story a bit. But for me, you know, there's this kind of symbolic thing there about when you do listen to God, he will take you to places of refreshment and nourishment, um, and it, even when you find life hard. You also said on Sunday about how, you know, they had this grumbling and just, a, just you know, a couple of days walk away was, was this massive 
uh, abundance of blessing from God just beyond their sight was a, a, I mean, this was a big place. This is a massive place that they could put up and, and live for, for a time. You know, it was just be out of their sight. God knew it was there and they were heading that way. Uh, and you mentioned something about how, you know, that the blessings beyond the pain, although that's mm. application. Yeah. Stop there. Let's get into it then, eh? Uh, so let's go uh, a little bit wise and think about what this story kind of means to us today. So uh, let's go a little bit wider. Rob, what, what do you see as the kind of application points out of this story? What do you want to pick up on? Well, when they came out of the Red Sea, their faith was on a high and God was fantastic. And then three days later, the, the faith is on a low and God's rubbish. And then they get a miracle and the faith is on a high and God's fantastic. And, mm. and uh, we see that as a, as, a, as a repeating pattern in the life of Israel. Uh, and it's very easy to see that as a repeating pattern in the life of the disciples and potentially in our own lives. And for me, uh, I, trying to look at the story and think, how do we make our circumstances not shape our faith? Mm -hmm. How can we not be, uh, yeah, circumstantially de de dependent is, is a really important thing because some of the Jewish nation uh, don't have that journey. You know, within reason, Moses doesn't have that, that, that volatile journey. Uh, <clears throat> but, but, and, Others as well, others as well, but I think we need to grapple with that that scenario and, and look into how we can apply that for for ourselves. Absolutely, and, and you and I will have seen people do like alpha courses and those kind of things, and they're on fire for Jesus, and then the first time they hit a little bit of a rock in the road, it's like God's left me. I'm just leaving all this, you know, and just walk away from faith. Um, it happens all too often, really. It's, it's, as, it's as if people expect life to just be a bed of roses when they become a Christian, and we all know that is not the case. And that's so the question. I do think happened. it's a 21st century uh, in, enhanced problem where we put so much importance in the 21st century into our emotions. This is how I feel. Don't yeah. question how I feel. This is how I feel. I've got the right to feel this way. And to, to try and go against that is out of kilter with society right now. Say, no, no, your feelings are wrong. Yeah. How dare you say my feelings, are, you know, or they're, they're not the right feelings to have. To try and have that conversation sensitively and, and openly to discuss it and say, maybe, you know, go more on the, on the truth, go more on faith, go more what the Bible says, and go less on how you feel. Yeah might give you less less highs and less lows, but more stability in your walk. <clears throat> and, and it's not as if even truth works against our emotions. I think truth helps us understand our emotions. Mm. You know, so this story helps us understand that actually we will hit rocks in the road and we will feel naff, but actually just beyond the, the horizon, we see God's blessing again. You know, the, no kind of... A lot of the difficulties we face, particularly in the Western world, aren't permanent. They're just temporary. Yeah. Uh, and even in a lifetime, our life is 
our life on earth is simply a blip in, in eternity. We will spend the rest of eternity with Jesus. Um, yeah. So it's trying to kind of, I think truth helps us keep perspective. Yeah. Enables us to, to see beyond our circumstances into, into what reality is. Yeah. So what would be your next point? My next point would be um, in, in verse 26, uh, God says to, to Moses twice, so paraphrasing it, listen to me and obey me. Mm-hmm. And we as preachers, uh, or just as Christians in general, but you know, we can easily say from the platform, we need to listen to God and we need to obey God and everything will work out okay. And, and the theory's right, the, the, the theology's right as well, but the, the practical application of actually, how do I listen to God? I, I was listening to your sermon in, uh, yesterday and thinking about it last night, thinking, what do I find harder? Do I find it harder listening to God or obeying God? I actually find it harder listening to God. Uh, I feel that if I know clearly what God's saying, I've got a decent chance of doing it. But it's when I don't know clearly what God's saying. And you touched on uh, on your sermon three things you can do to try and hear from uh, hear from God. But even then, I think it takes a lot of time, a lot of uh, practice and work to get to hear. You mentioned that the still small voice, or you, you meant, uh, uh, or to a friend, or, or read the Bible. But even reading the Bible, it takes time to 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 allow the Bible to become alive and speak to you as opposed to reading it as a, as a, as a novel. Yeah. That's yeah. What's, what's your thoughts? I, I think I'm on the other end of the scale to you then, Rob. Uh, I, I think I, I generally find it quite easy to hear God. Um, I am just, uh, I'm just rebellious most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's for me, a lot of us is, is working on how to put this, how do I obey this, you know, and how do I follow this? And how am I going to, um, or how do I deal with the the worries and concerns? Because sometimes when God asks us to do something, it le- often leaves us leaving something behind. Yeah. You know, and sometimes there's things I don't want to leave behind. And so there's, there's that constant internal battle to, to do what God is calling me to do, not just to do what I want to do. Because sometimes they are not the same thing, and, and sometimes well, they're... I think what we're saying is that the both can cause difficulties. <laughs> they're both not easy. <laughs> it's just tough, yeah. Uh, and 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 you know the whole the as I think I said on Sunday, you know the whole of the Christian faith or living out the Christian faith is easy in the sense or simple in that you listen to God and do what He says. Yeah, it's just hard to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're not letting everybody off the hook. We're just saying it's difficult. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's still our ambition. But I think that that kind of brings up one of the things that I find is a teaching point. We didn't actually talk about it when we were going through the, the passage, but um, the thing that struck me was where it says in the passage that God showed Moses the tree. And yeah. that word showed in Hebrew is pretty much the same words as Torah, which we kind of often translate as the law, uh, but it actually means instruction. So the first five books of the Bible are called the Torah, and that means instruction. And so here God is teaching him. He's not he's just saying, look, 
see that bit over there throwing he's, he's trying to teach him something and um quite often the situations we're going through or when god is challenging us to to do something that we don't always want to do he's teaching us it's not that he's just being mean or cruel or anything like that every situation we go through is a teaching opportunity for us to either learn about ourselves or learn more about god and our relationship with him um, and I think you know, the Israelites here, they were learning something new about their relationship with God that perhaps they hadn't experienced before. Uh, and same for us, you know, what are we learning in the pandemic? You know, if you're not reflecting on that, you're missing the opportunity for God to shape you differently. So, well, yeah. you used the word reflecting there. And I, I, what I was thinking of, when you, you did touch on that on Sunday, um, but God instructed Moses definitely implies Moses spending lots of time with God. Yeah. It wasn't a 10-second, you know, God says to Moses, chuck that bunch in there, mm. end of Moses being with God. It definitely implies that Moses was a person. And we can see that from the other stories, that dwelt in God's presence, that spent time with God's presence, that reflected on things with God. Yeah. And I think that's a, a real challenge and, you know, an application for us when we're trying to work out these things. Do we work them out in God's presence? You know, do we allow God to to churn up, to chat, to meditate? You know, all the words that are used in the Old Testament. You know, these things over with us, or yeah. do we want God just to give us a a, a one line, you know, solution? Do this. It's not how it works. A wife find very rarely. It comes through conversation, meditating, contemplation. No, there's other big long words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are absolutely right on that, I think. And um, I think there are occasional times where God just simply tells us to do something and we need to obey. Yeah. But I think more often than not, it is instruction that God is teaching us something about ourselves or something about him or something about the world. Uh, and that takes a little bit of time. It might not take a huge amount of time, but it does take time to sit with him, to listen, to reflect, to think, to sometimes studied scriptures on, on what it is you're reflecting on. I think you're right on that. Should we move into some questions, Rob? Yep. Fantastic. So let's go a little bit further with some questions for you to reflect on uh, or to discuss in your mission communities. Um, Rob, why don't you go first? Certainly, yeah. I mean, we've obviously touched on a lot and, so one of the questions that, that I've got for you to meditate and think about is how do we make our circumstances not shape our faith? You know, how can we make our faith go beyond just being influenced by our circumstances? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so I'll go next because my, my first question kind of follows on from that because that's kind of more about the principle of how, how we might do something generally. Uh, let's make it a bit more personal. Have you got have you got a grumble with God at the moment? Uh, is there something that you're moaning to him about that uh, maybe you think he should be doing and isn't doing? Uh, what is it and what are you going to do about it, particularly in the light of the story? Um, Rob, what's, what's your one? Uh, okay, another question for you is that you, you heard myself and Steve looking at two ends of the of the of an issue with, with guidance from God and obedience. So my question is, what, what do you struggle with the most? Is it, is it hearing from God slash listening to God 
or is it obeying, carrying out once you know what he's asked you to do? So is it hearing, listening, or is it practically obeying and working it out? Yeah, and, and I think it'd be good to make sure that you you uh, either think or talk with others about uh, the weakest one. How are you going to improve on that? What are you going to do about that to make sure that you're that's not weak anymore? Uh, my uh, final questions for me. So um, in this moment right now, what was God teaching you? And uh, how are you going to share that with others? So there's four questions for you to, to uh, reflect on and discuss. Uh, Rob, as ever, it is good to chat and uh, it's good to have you on with us. So do please uh, reflect on those questions. If you're not in the mission community, as ever, we're encouraging you to join one. Um, if This week, if you've got time, uh, on Thursday afternoon, um, Nicola and Jenny are hosting Thursday at 2, which is an opportunity for everyone to just get together and chat with people online. If you're on our email, you'll know what the link is. It's already come through. It was sent out on Sunday. Uh, I'll probably send again tomorrow uh, on Wednesday. So uh, that's Thursday at 2 if you want to join in with that. It's good to connect with people. Rob, good to have you with us, mate. And uh, I'll see you Take care, everyone. And uh, if we don't see you on Sunday, do please join us again for Deeper next week. Bye now. Bye-bye.